wonderful. We're going to speak today on the Lord's uh, desire for us to be merciful. Say it again. Be merciful. Mark 1, 40 through 42 says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, would you say this, move with compassion, move with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. This week, um, I was asking the Lord, just really seeking the Lord. I, was talking, I said, Lord, what, you know, what's your direction? Because, you know, I'm kind of in a little recovery process. Um, I look full of energy right now. Let me just go ahead and tell you, thank you, Jesus. But I never know when it'll just go, poof, and it'll be gone. <laughs> so we're recovering a little bit. But I was asking the Lord, and I had this impression in my heart. And it's kind of funny. I feel like the Lord said, teach on my attributes because people really need me right now. And uh, so I want to talk about uh, some of these things. And uh, first of all, the radiant, uh, the Hebrews 1.3 says, the, He is, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. He upholds the universe by the word of His power and making purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God of uh, the majesty on high. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. So Jesus said in John 10.30, He said, I and the Father are one. And then He taught the disciples in John 14.7, If you've known Me, you would have known My Father also. He's, Jesus is so confident. If you've met Me, you've met Him. If you know Me, you know Him. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Isn't that amazing? If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Let's say that. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him the fullness of the deity dwells bodily. In other words, Jesus is fully God and fully man. And yet, in Philippians 2.6-11, He says, Who, though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. He, he says He emptied Himself. So here he is, fully God, fully man, but taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. Everybody say, he emptied himself? He humbled himself. And becoming obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. So Jesus is God in human form, fully man, fully God, simultaneously, sinless, yes, yet laying down the privilege of, be, of being God, and relying, get this, relying completely on the Holy Spirit for every bit of power He demonstrated on earth to obey His, the will of the Father. So what privileges did He lay down? I just want to talk about some of that just for a moment. But before we do, let's go ahead and lift our heads again. I want to just ask that God fill your heart with an, an assurance of His mercifulness over your own life. That is so important. It's so difficult to be merciful when you haven't received the mercy or have a fresh sense of fresh sense. Of, the, of Him being merciful to you. So Father, I pray for each heart now, no matter what they faced recently, no matter what they're going through, no matter how they've been stretched or hurt or any kind of thing, I just ask right now, your, the balm of Your merciful healing grace invade every single soul, especially at this time in, the, in our history. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. So what privileges does Jesus empty himself of? Well, I got the five up here. He is uh, infinite. He is self-existing without origin. Well, I suppose that his spirit was still infinite, but he was not infinite in his physical form, was he? Did he empty himself of that? Let's kind of play with this for a minute. He's uh, immutable. He never changes. Maybe that's... uh, He changed into physical form. He is... God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. Jesus had physical needs when he was on earth. He was his... uh, Emotional friendships and things like that. So he, that, was, that was something that he emptied out. Uh, he emptied out this. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. So he let go of that. He let go of that. He's omniscient. He, the things that he knew, uh, he didn't just know them. He knew them because the Holy Spirit spoke to him. So he let go of that. Uh, the next one, he's omnipresent. He, of course, let go of that. He was not anywhere. It, it, he was only one place at one time. That's why I told him, he says, hey, I've got to leave. I've got to go. If I, if, the, if I don't leave, the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. And then he can be everywhere. So he let go of that. Number seven, God is wise. He's full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. I think he carried a lot of that with him, but he didn't know everything all the time. That's why the Holy Spirit led him. I think this one, though, he's probably kept hold of. God is faithful. Don't you think? Because the Bible teaches Jesus was faithful in all his house. Uh, so he's uh, infinitely, unchangingly true. God is good. I think he kept that one, don't you think? He is infinitely, unchangingly kind and full of goodwill. Next, God is just. He is infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. God is merciful. He's infinitely and unchangeably compassionate and kind. I think that stuck. Uh, God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. Somebody say amen. That's really good. (laughs) God is loving. Everybody say God is love. Come on. God is love. God is infinitely, unchangingly loves us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 14, God is holy. He's infinitely, unchangingly perfect. And then God is glorious. He's infinitely beautiful and great. So let's go back to our opening scripture. Everybody say God is merciful. God is merciful. So we have this leper. It says, now the leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down, saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus moved with compassion, uh, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So here's the, here's the deal. The lepers were shunned. Everybody say, shunned. they were shunned in society. They, they were even feared. They were people were fear, afraid to get what they had. So you have you have uh, they they were actually required when they walked up to a group of people to say the words unclean. That's just horrible. Could you imagine that? Unclean when coming into the proximity of others. Now here's the question: Have you ever felt shunned? Have you ever felt rejected? Have you ever felt been made to feel unclean? Have you ever felt that something was wrong with you? There's some of you with a bigger shaking of heads. There's some of you with... Mm. Well, here's the deal. Lepers had a physical infirmity outwardly. There were many people in our culture today with special needs. It's obvious that they have some kind of a physical infirmity outwardly. And they need the mercy of God shown to them through God's people, wouldn't you say? They need to, to, to not shun them, not run from them, not to put them down. Lepers also, though, had an emotional emptiness from being isolated from people. 
Does that sound familiar in our culture today? An emotional emptiness from being isolated from people. To, uh, unfortunately, suicide rates and things have gone up. So many today are suffering from feeling isolated and the need for God's mercy to be expressed through us, through us. And Jesus has many, many, many merciful moments that are moved as he was moved with compassion. In Matthew 9, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There were many different times when Jesus was moved with compassion. There were uh, two sets of different uh, blind men that he, he uh, was moved with compassion and healed them. There was the Canaanite woman with the demon-possessed daughter. He was moved with compassion and healed the epileptic man with the epileptic son. Uh, Bartimaeus, the blind man. There's ten lepers. The, he cleansed the, this leper we're talking about. Feeding the hungry. He was moved with compassion about teaching the ignorant. He was moved with compassion. Raising the dead. He was moved with compassion. So we have a model in Christ Jesus of how Father God is. This is so important. This is massively important. Luke 6.36 says it this way. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. I think that's where a lot of the challenge is because people have a, a challenge of seeing God the Father through any other eyes except maybe the deficiencies of an earthly father. Has that happened to you? Where you don't really relate to Father God in the way that of His beautiful love for you, how much He cherishes you because of the disappointments that have occurred in an earthly father not being there for you. Maybe abandoning or threatening or doing something uh, inappropriate or some kind of thing like that. Those can, things can askew the heart and the mind from seeing Father God as, as that's why Jesus came. So Jesus, so we could look at see Father God through the actual image and actions and beauty of who Jesus is. By the way, this is a quick message. Aren't you happy? I'm not going to go on and on and on. I'm just going to say Amen in a minute. In a minute, It'll take just a minute. Just maybe a little longer minute. A little moment pass. How many of you, Jesus has actually come to you in a very, when you've been really, really hurting and you've experienced the merciful touch and kindness of Jesus Christ in your life? How many of you have? What did it do inside of you? I bet you we, if we had started a line and we had people say, we would probably have some very long testimonies, very long and beautiful testimonies of how your mind was one way and you got into troubles because you perceived life in a certain way. But then the Lord in His mercies came and in spite of us opened up our hearts to receive something of Him that changed us in a dramatic, deeply interpersonal way in relating to God. How many of you have had Him lift a burden right off your life? How many of you had a, a disappointment with a spiritual person that you looked up to? A disappointment, a deep disappointment in a spiritual person that you looked up to. That was, that's, that's another way where the adversary can really cause pain to be registered. Well, I just expected something different. And yet it didn't turn out that way. 
Will that person, let me go ahead and say, I, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I want to apologize or at least repent or do something. Say, look, if somebody in a spiritual role hurt you, I am so sorry. One of the things that really just, oh God, just, I struggle with a lot. If to hear somebody say, when there's somebody, like a little child, you know, and you say, like a little child's uh, parent dies and somebody says the Lord needed him in heaven. That is the most scarring thing I think I've ever, you would never want. The child needs the parent. What? 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 That's, that's foolishness to say that. That hurts. That's a disappointment. There are other ways to approach deep pain in the soul. Sometimes it's just being with somebody and just realizing this is more pain than you could imagine. Seeing the mercies of God manifest in the situation. How many of you have been there with somebody and you don't know what to say, but you're just there, and because you're there, something of a appreciation or something of a of a weight of something that begins to lift from their hearts because somebody's there for them. You don't have to have answers a lot of times. You just have to be there. That's called being merciful as our Heavenly Father merciful. How many of you have been riding down the road and see an ambulance and you pray for the Lord to enter into that situation? You don't know what it is, but you're sensitive to the fact that we need the Lord in this situation. There's a lot of that kind of thing going on today, and we're, that's why we're, we're adapting. Uh, we were talking about this Thursday night. We're talking about speaking peace, speaking peace into people's homes. Jesus actually told the 70 when they went out, He told them, He says, look, when you go out, Speak peace upon the house. Speak peace upon the house. Then he says, then if they invite you in, you know, eat whatever they put before you. It's kind of a cool thing because they've spoken peace and it starts to set up a work of the Spirit of God. And they eat whatever's put before you means just sit there and listen. Just sit there and listen. Let their lives be expressed. And then, it, then you find out the need and then you can pray. And as you pray, then things change, right? And they came back saying, oh my goodness! Even the Demons are subject to us in your name, right? And so Jesus said, yes, and I even saw Satan fall like lightning. And the, the whole thing about the power of the peace, the power of the peace, we are told in Romans 16, I believe it's 20, it says, the, the, may the God of peace crush Satan under your feet shortly. That There's a, a beautiful work. When you walk in the peace of God, and you really have the peace of God, how much worry can be eaten on your mind? Not a lot of, right? The peace of God overthrows those things. Is that right? How many of you just need to have peace, peace? So when you go home today, say peace on this house. When you walk in, say peace on this house. Now, I want to uh, quickly get to this mercy. Being merciful is so important to the Lord. James 2.13 says this. And this is really an, an insight here. For judgment is without mercy to the one who sh has shown no mercy. That's a big chunk, like a sandwich to eat. If you don't show mercy, you don't get mercy. If you don't show, if you're not a person who's merciful, when judgment comes, you're not shown mercy. But look at this amazing statement. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Whoa, everybody say that. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, I have this wonderful big book, and it's called, well, this guy by a Greek man uh, who's a theologian, his name is Zodiades. And so... He actually defines, because he's Greek, Zodiades, what a name. So he's Greek. So he goes back and he does all this original work in the Bible. And this is what he says about the word mercy. Mercy, or elios, is a special and immediate regard to the misery. Look at that. 
a special and immediate regard to the misery, which is the consequence of sins. Mercy goes to the misery. Everybody say, mercy is about going to the misery, the consequence. Now, you contrast with grace, which is the word charis, which is God's free grace and gift displayed in the forgiveness of sins as extended to men in their guilt. Now, you and I, we're not the forgiver. We can extend the forgiveness of God, but we're not the ones that... It's not the grace. We're not, we're not the ones that can sovereignly forgive sins. Jesus is the one who through grace forgives sins and release. Aren't you happy about that? But then he says, but you come in and you be merciful. You come along where I get forgiven and you come and you, you help them through the misery. This is what he says. He says, you can do that. He says, the next slide says, the guilt and power of sin must be removed through God's grace before the alleviation of the misery of sin can be experienced. So you're working with God. God lifts the burden of sin, lifts the burden of guilt, but there's still this, this tender mercy is needed, and people can be there and show the mercy and grace of God. Aren't you, aren't you happy about that? Help, how many help has received some help by somebody being merciful to you in a really tough time? So the believer is to experience mercifulness, for he can feel the compassion and the misery of sin of others. This calls us to a point of honesty and not judgment. But he has no power to exercise the grace since that's exclusively God's. So I want to enact a little, kind of like a little small skit. And uh, this is like an object lesson for prayer. Uh, go ahead, uh, Ethan. You stand right here for a minute. And uh, Jeremy, you go up on the platform. And how uh, about uh, Karen, you come down and get on the front row over here. And we'll say that now, by the way, one generation shall share the praise, shall praise your works to another generation. And so here's what we're going to do. Now, Jeremy, he's up on the platform. He's got his arms extended because he's like God. Now, by the way, the reason in a minute we're going to do something, and that's why I picked this dad. But let's all pretend, and Jeremy would really appreciate it if you all would pretend that he's God. He would really like that. Now, here's what uh, Ethan's going to do. Every time he looks up there, he's going to cover his eyes. Go ahead and look up there. Okay, now look back at me. Now, this is what the Bible says. It says 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 7. says, even our gospel is veiled. Wow. Even our gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. For we proclaim, what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the uh, surpassing power belongs to God and not of us. So here's, here's the deal now. Go, go ahead and stand right here. And now Karen represents, let, let's say Ethan represents, this is going to be, he represents because he just got into high school. Uh, and we, we, we want to pray for all, all the harvest right now in an enactment of prayer and a little skit. We're going to pray for the harvest for the Young Life Ministry and for all of the, uh, all those young people that we want to see come to the Lord. So we're going to have Ethan be, he's going to be the symbol 
of all the people in element, well, the Young Life Lit, which is middle school, high school, and even college. Okay, because he's going to go to college. Now, every time he looks, he looks this way, it's fine. But when he looks up here to God, the, he can't see. Go ahead. Every time he just turn to look and he see, he, he, he's got a veil. He's got a veil over his eyes. And so Karen here, she's representing more like, like a, a, a young life leader and, or anybody who shares the gospel. And she points up here and, and then puts her hand over her heart like this and says, he loves you. And you look up there, but you still have your, got your eyes covered there. And the Bible says this. It says, how will they call on him who, if, if, if they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who have they not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of him, those who preach good news. And so we see... Uh, after some relational time and after you get to know them, suddenly I want you to have your eyes cover them and look up here at God. And then suddenly the hands come down. Let's all stop there just for a minute. Is that an answer to prayer? Is that an answer to prayer? The veil has been lifted. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone in his Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the, the new has come. All of this is from God through, who through Christ reconciled to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ in God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Now watch this. The next point. Come on down. And this is the ultimate answer to the prayer right here. Stop right there. Let's all praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray for this for the harvest. We pray for this for the harvest right here. In the name of Jesus, we pray this for the harvest. Let's just praise Him. Praise the Lord. We see the picture. We see the picture, Lord. We see God embracing those who do not know You. We see You lifting the veil from their eyes. We see the tender mercies of God changing, changing the heart. We claim this now for all of the high schools in Marion County and all of the high schools in, the, in West Virginia and all the Young Life uh, ministry. We speak blessing over it. We say, let there come. Oh, somebody just pray. Just join in with us. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We praise you, Lord, for the harvest. We praise you, Lord, for the harvest. That one generation we tell the good things of God to the next in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, now you run back up there just for a minute. Now, Everybody in the room, put your hands over your eyes. You represent everybody else. You represent all the people. Now, Nathan's going to point. He's going to point to the Father. Go ahead and point to the Father. And point now. Put your heart up there. Make your And he's pointing. And he's doing his best to tell you that Jesus Christ. He's up here saying. He's saying things like. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Point again, point again. And suddenly, the veil's lifted. Now let's pray, let's stop right there. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Lord, we pray for the veil to be lifted and that all the people in our culture begin to see who Jesus really is. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We pray, Lord. The neighbors come to the... We speak peace on the neighbor's house. May they... Come on down. And, and now he's coming down. He's not going to hug everybody, but he's symbolically coming down. 
Hallelujah. He's coming down. He's hugging everybody. Let, open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. Just let him pour his mercies into you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's have those who are going to serve communion uh, get ready here. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. How many remember the moment? Your moment. When the veil came off. The moment when you were embraced of the Lord. How many of you remember that moment? Remember that moment? Isn't it the most wonderful thing that you have Him come into your life? The tender mercies of God flood your soul. You, say, you, can, you, can be all, you can be a wreck and be very aware of just how bad off you actually are. And simultaneously, at the same time, you're completely aware of how deeply you're loved. It's amazing. And then God goes, it doesn't matter. I'm going to pour my love into you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to make you better. I just claim, come on up here, Matthew. This uh, band director of North Marion High School, just extend your hands to Matthew because he's, got, uh, they, he's like a, a spiritual dad, you know, but they, they call Risa when she goes over, they call her Mama Risa. Lord Jesus, we just pray for Matthew. We pray, Father, for the breakthroughs. We pray for this gifting in him, how they just love and love and love, and they see such wreckage. They see such brokenness in the, the kids. And we have it in our mind that Father God will love each of them. And we hold that picture. We're asking, Lord, that you would lift the veils and cause the blessing of the Lord to the spirit of outpour. Thank you for the Young Life leaders up there. Thank you for all the different creative ways that Lori and the, and the leadership there are reaching out to kids. We just ask for the grace of God like never before as people feel like they have leprosy, as they feel like they're, they're just hurting and isolated and all the emotional condition and struggle of their life. We say let a fresh, powerful anointing come upon as we look at this picture and say, Father, God's going to embrace every single one of them. Every single one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. I want to ask the question, how is it? How is it that Jesus can heal the leper? How is it that he can heal the leper both physically and emotionally? How is it that Jesus can do that? Look at what's in your hand. This represents the body of Jesus Christ. And we have a little piece of a cracker in our hand. There's some holes in it. First, we know this. Lepers have disfigured skin and, dis and wounds in their physical bodies. Is that right? So how can Jesus bring healing to a leper? Because he himself was going to experience skin being disfigured when he was flogged when he was taken to the whipping post and when he was taken to be crucified his body was marred he felt the physical pain of disfigurement he feels deeply about every person who is infirmed. Everyone. That's why his tender mercies flow. Why can he heal someone or feel so deeply?
towards someone who's not physically doing well because he knows full well what it is. He knows to, what it's like to have pain, immense, immense pain. There are some in our body life that are going through some really tough times of pain right now. I'm just very conscious of that in my spirit. And I'm asking the Lord, even though they're not here, that the Lord would reach to them and do what he does with his healing grace. How many of you have some people in mind? We're going to pray for them. I want to go ahead and mention this too. Hallelujah. Not only did Jesus relate to the physical wounding of the leper, but Jesus related to the emotional and verbal abuse. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was rejected. He was crucified outside of the city, shunned and set outside of the camp. He was mocked. He was spit on. He felt all this in himself. So let's lift this before the Lord. The gospel says that it doesn't matter how broken you are, the Lord can reach to you because he was broken in your behalf. Let's praise him right now and thank him. No matter what your heart may be going through, what your physical body may be going through, Jesus has appropriated something of a blessing for your life. And as we lift this to the Lord, let's with faith take his body into us because he gives us his wholeness through what he went through for what's broken in us. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask that if you've ever been hurt, this is an amazing amazing reality the Bible says that he transfers us out of the domain of darkness and he moves us into the kingdom of the son of his love but he does it this way he does it through the forgiveness of sins and redemption through his blood that's how he does it so there's this active work of the blood of Jesus when you come out of darkness when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, Egypt is a place of darkness. What happened? They, put the, they sprinkled the blood on their doorposts and this angel of death came over and everybody that did not have the blood of the lamb sprinkled on the doorposts, they, were, they didn't do well. But those that had the blood sprinkled over, the, the death angel passed over. And the Lord says, I come to the doorpost of your heart and everything that's meant to kill you, I see my blood there and it will pass over you. It'll pass over you. And then the other sense of this, it's receiving, I think one of the miracles of the blood is this, that the bitternesses of life can be taken out of your soul. Because the Lord does a special work. Jesus could have been bitter on the cross. He could have been, but he said, Father, forgive them. He allowed a statement to flow from his mouth and those who were hurting him were forgiven. Has anybody ever hurt you? The power of this blood makes it where you have the power 
to let it go. To let bitterness go out of your life and leave it. Some people walk with a cripple sense of some, something that somebody did to them a long time ago. And just you just walk with that. But then you come to church one day and somebody holds up a cup like this. And there's a power to be forgiven and a power to forgive. And suddenly all that is dissolved. And the weight of that hurt disappears. And what kept visiting you of death of that situation now rides over your life and doesn't visit you anymore. Because Jesus was on the cross and His blood was pouring out of His body so that you would be free from whatever would work death in your life. Isn't He good? How many have had confusions come on your soul about things about God? I was hoping that the object lesson was real simple and anointed in a way. When I was thinking about it, I just started to cry. Because when we stop in the moment and we see each of us have had a moment, hopefully, where we know that we're loved, we're loved, we're loved. We're loved by God. We can be funny and odd and different, but Jesus don't make no junk. You can be unique through His workmanship. God is not only the coming King, He's also an artist and He takes us. He takes clay and He makes beautiful works of art. He remakes our life as we, as we apply the things that He asks us to apply to our life. So as we lift the cup, let's go ahead and allow the Lord to, to make it something. Don't just let it be like some ritual. Let it be something where you say, Holy Spirit, come and show me right now who you want to release forgiveness to through me. I was praying with a girl one time years and years ago, almost over 30 years ago. And she said, I could never forgive my parents. And I said, would you do this? Would you let Jesus forgive through you? And she never thought of that. She said, I'll give that a try. And so I led her in a little simple prayer. I said, Jesus, she said, Jesus, will you flow your forgiveness through me? Because I don't have the ability to forgive. Will you flow it through me? Will you forgive through me? Next thing you know, tears begin to roll out of her eyes. And all the bitterness toward her parents started to release out of her because Jesus says absolutely that's why I came I came to let forgiveness flow through you my forgiveness it's not up to you I am the source of forgiveness that she was free and the Lord will do that for you no matter who he will do it let's lift up the cup say in Jesus name it is my choice to receive forgiveness and to be a channel of that forgiveness to others. In Jesus' name, let's partake. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to dismiss. And you can proudly say, a miracle has occurred today. Pastor Roger finished 10 minutes early. It's just amazing. It's a miracle. No, I don't want to downgrade real miracles, but another miracle can happen right up here. There's just a few minutes. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Say, just say this with me. Father God, I'm available for your tender mercies. 
to flow through my life. Help me be sensitive to the needs around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We are dismissed and uh, thank you.